Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Grief Coach. This is your host, Brooke James. If you've listened before, I'm so glad to have you back. And if it's your first time listening, I'm so glad you're here. Today, we have with us Amber Jeffrey, founder of The Grief Gang. Amber, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Brooke. And thank you for having me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm so excited uh, for this conversation today. So let's get right into it. If you can introduce yourself, tell the audience your grief story so they have a better idea of where you're coming from today, and then we'll get into our conversation. Of course, of course. Well, hello, everybody, listeners far and wide. Yeah, I am Amber. I'm Jeffrey, the creator of the Grief Gang Instagram page and podcast. Um, so to give you some yeah, huge context into what that is. So I, I'm from the UK, probably guessed by the, the good old British accent. I'm currently 24 and I live in sunny Wokingham. For those who probably do not know where that is in the United States, that is just outside of Reading, about 45 minutes outside of London. Um, nothing fun going on here asshole so the reason why I am here on Brooke's Fantastic Grief podcast is because my mum died in 2016 coming up to five years um to a heart attack a very very sudden heart attack I was 19 at the time completely threw my world upside down navigating this world around grief I'm sure all of you listening know very well and the nuances to it and the layers to it being like a young woman without mum in the world and so being 19 I just really plodded along throughout my grief for the first three years really just kept my head down threw myself into work my career and really kind of suppressed my grief and only acknowledged it when I really needed to which was for me like Christmases anniversaries birthdays that was when it was really show its head and then it got to the summer of 2019 and my grief just had enough now of me suppressing it and was like, we're dealing with this shit now. Like you've, you've put me to the corner enough now and we need to deal with some stuff and we need to deal with it now. And that showed itself in ways of anger, depression, suicidal thoughts. I only, only realized were suicidal thoughts and really till about a year ago. And I thought, oh yeah, that was dark. And I realized something needs to change here like this isn't normal for me to be feeling like this and so I seek external help as I think we've kind of been I felt groomed as a society that when you feel like that you go to therapy and you go to counseling which is what we've I feel like we've been told since the dawn of time and so I did I went to therapy and counseling and it was shit for me. It was absolutely shit. I didn't connect with it in any way, shape or form. I now realize I did just get put with a really bad therapist, like quite a few. I just didn't vibe with and I didn't connect with. And I've now come to realize that therapy is really like dating and just really finding your match. And it can be a search. It can be a search. It's not just go and find one and they're going to, you're going to vibe. It's not yet a bit of a search. But I kind of gave up the search. I was bored of the fact that I had to search for somebody in my time of need. And I kind of thought this can't be it. It can't just be you go to therapy and that's it. And I thought, okay, well, I I love podcasts. I love podcasts anyway. I love listening to them. My perfect pastime. I have them on all the time. And I thought, oh, let me let me just have a little look and see if there's any podcasts about grief out there. Um, you know, throw it in the search search bar, go go a bit off grid of what I normally listen to. And I did, and a good handful came up, and I was like, okay, all right, this is cool, this is cool. And I started listening to them, I downloaded loads of them and listened, and I was like, these are fantastic. But then I looked at who they were hosted by, and I just wasn't seeing me. 
and I was like I can connect with them on almost like a surface level of like I know you're talking about grief and you get it but I'm not seeing and listening to somebody who is in the depths of the early days right now who is 22 hours at the time in the nitty gritty of navigating life out mum I was listening to people who were speaking about it like 10 15 20 years along the line and I was like that's all well and good that you can now look back on hindsight and reflect on your journey but I need someone who is figuring this shit out right now with me like we're gonna unpack it together mm-hmm. and so I thought oh well that's a shame that like nobody's doing it like oh that'd be good wouldn't it and then it really started bugging me that it wasn't and really started eating away at me like nothing had ever done before and I was on holiday at the time with my partner and this light bulb moment just came and I just said fuck it I'm gonna do it then and my partner was like what and I was like yeah I mean like I've been stewing about this in my head like internally for the last like three days of our holiday and Mm -hmm. then I just came out and was like I'm gonna start a podcast and it's gonna be about grief he was like mind blown what are you talking about and then the ball started rolling I came up with the name the grief gang um then it's slogan and then we came back from holiday and we hit the ground running and I thought I was so passionate about it and I was so eager and I created the Instagram account and I shared it with close friends and family my personal Instagram just said you know I'm gonna start this and I'm just gonna talk about my grief like I, I had no agenda no structure no what it was gonna look like I just knew I wanted to create a page and get on a mic and start talking about this kind of stuff, whatever that may look like. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I started the first episode and the first episode was just me literally going from beginning to end of my mum dying and like all the all the shit stuff in those three years. And the relief I felt after it was like, whoa, I don't think I've ever gone from A to Z like that ever in depth and then mm. to share it I was like oh my god I was like ah <laughs> and, I and I shared it and then that was when everything became a really reality of now because those conversations were probably with all that in depth about the story was only with people who were really close to me and people who had been there with me when mum died who knew the mm-hmm. full story so then to share it in a wider world where I don't have a clue who's listening to it was really vulnerable, but really inspired, weird, like powerful at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then it just became addictive and I couldn't leave my mic. I would speak about it all the time. And then I got the urge. I wanted to hear from other people. And I thought, Amber, you're not the only one who's grieving in the world. There are millions of people who are grieving I wonder what they've got to say about it. And so I started connecting with people through the Instagram and I said, you've got a dead person, let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk. And I've been honoured to speak with some fantastic people from all different walks of life, all different types of losses, not just parental loss, which because parental, parental loss is all that I know. I've spoken to people from the baby loss community, the partner loss community, all different types of bereavement that I would have probably been like, oh God, no, that's too daunting. I've gone in head first and gone, mm-hmm. I need to learn about this. We all need to learn about things like this. You know, the people that you walk across the street every day, 
this could be their story the everyday people you walk past you don't know the the things they're carrying with them every day and yeah. so yeah I was guest after guest episode after episode just really enjoying it like really like wow I enjoy this and what it gives back to me as well the feeling it gives back to me is like second to none and then a pandemic hit and all my plans for it just kind of went note we're pausing and it really gave me time where I was so podcast 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 it really gave me time to pause and look at what has been created already and made me look back and look at the people who had joined the grief gang and had joined my community and it started growing on the Instagram like at a rate I never thought it would and I I took the pandemic really from the beginning of it of March to till really the end of it to really just engage with my community and to mm-hmm. talk with them and to not just be all podcast 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 as much as I enjoyed that I needed to take a break but I needed to speak with these people too there was too many good conversations and too many things to like to be missing out on and it really gave me a pause to just talk to them and to open up dialogue and I'm grateful for it in that sense I really got to connect with people on a level I never thought I would and learn things about myself and my grief that I never thought I ever would and the grief gang is yeah here today still podcasting I'm in the middle of a season two and it's I love it I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's so much that I want to dive into from what you just said. (laughs) Going back to not seeing yourself in the resources that were out there, because I had a similar experience, but I'm, I was 30 and when my dad died and it was an expected death and you were, you said 19 Yeah. and it unexpected and it was your mom. Can you kind of share, because one thing that I notice in a lot of conversations I have with people about the podcast, and I'd be interested if you also have this experience of kind of like what was missing as a young person and like what information you wanted to hear about and it wasn't there kind of like, and so what was important for you to prioritize as part of the discussion when you started the podcast? Yeah, like so when so when I started looking at the, at the things, the resources that were already there, and I thought, what is lacking here? And there was sort of like a number, sort of very much visually for me as well. I couldn't, I couldn't visually, yeah, like connect. Me too. With, yeah, I just don't know why. And it was like, even if, and it was in the podcast. I don't know what it was. It was like <laughs> I would listen to the podcast and I'd like it, and then I'd Google or Instagram who they were, and I'd be like, oh. Like, oh no, no, it's just another because the branding is so bad for oh. so much in this sphere, it's and just... that, like, as a young person, you can't take it seriously. I can't, like, and I can't do clinical, I don't do clinical, I can't right. do uh, like some of these podcasts, they are they're from like clinical backgrounds, they're clinical people, I say clinical, like, like from a, a more basically what it is, I couldn't do professional academic, uh, podca- yeah, I wanted real life I wanted I wanted someone who I would probably go out for drinks with Mm -hmm. us having this conversation with and when I wasn't sort of seeing and that maybe that me being too judgy and stuff like if I got to know these people on on personal more personal or you know deeper level but I just thought for me to really feel connected to this and really feel like you get it I wasn't vibing with it Mm -hmm. and then the other things I kind of felt were lacking in this was too rigid too rigid I felt 
I just wanted to hear someone come on and go, I've had a really fucking shit day and I want to talk about it. Mm. And this is why. And my grief has shown up like this. And it's hard, I think. And, I, and now starting a podcast, I can kind of see sometimes why people might not curate that kind of content or that those kind of episodes because you think, well, no one's going to want to hear me go on a rant or hear me go on this, this and that. But they do. They do. They do. They do. They like it. They like it. Because you, it's honest, you know? And this is something that's often people like dance around what their true feelings are. And so if you're in like the midst of grief, or I found anyway, you want something that feels like a true conversation because. I mean, I found that when I was like kind of looking for like a model of like, am I doing this right? Are these feelings yeah. normal? And I couldn't really find that. Yeah. And did you have that experience also? Yeah, like I that's exactly what it was. It was like there'd be there'd be thoughts in my head that I thought were so dark. And I thought not dark as in like as in like suicidal, because I had those, but dark as in, oh my God, if I was to say those out loud, they might think like I'm a bit twisted so like dark humor and grief and shit like that and how yeah like like I (laughs) I joke that my mom so my mom died on the day of the Brexit reveal in the UK you know Brexit oh yeah so so when so when it was revealed that the UK was parting with the EU that was the morning she that was the morning she had a heart attack actually sorry she had a heart attack and I remember I remember months later connecting the date and going oh my god the day my mom had a heart attack was the day brexit got revealed and i laughed and said oh my god brexit gave my mom a heart attack and like killed her off but i couldn't say that out loud (laughs) people think you're crazy people (laughs) think you're weird like why am i making light my mom had a heart attack and i'm saying that the brexit party made that happen no and then just even more weirder things of like maybe like weirder things but of like how I think about my future and I think of about all the really happy times that are coming and that I know I'll appreciate, but that I know it's always going to be laced with sadness and how, yeah. And how, and how those thoughts of how I'm already at the age of 24 dreading my labor without my mum, like things like that. I think, I think about my late, you know, God willing, I'll have a child one day. But these kind of things, like I could never sit with my other people that like people didn't get it and be like, oh, like, do you guys ever think about like your labor, like your future labor? <laughs> like how, like some of them have their, their mums still. And I'd be like, oh, well, I do. And I think about how I'm already probably going to really ugly cry. Or I think about how am I going to struggle as a mother without a mum? What kind of mother will I be without a mum? What the fuck will my wedding look like? Like just things like that, that, I just wanted to share and put out and be like, if anybody has been through it or already is going through it, what did you do? Help put my mind at ease almost. And that's what I did. And it's more the angle I take with sort of like more so like the episodes that I do just like by myself and just go on the mic and whatever. It's normally topics that I've thought about and I'm sharing my experience. But I've come to realize now, you know, Brooke, just kind of like I, I, I think I've lacked on my vulnerability for a while with um, on the podcast, and I've been coming at an angle of helping other people. But then sometimes I need to put out and be like, I need help, 
and I think you guys can help me or let's let's unpack this together on an episode yeah things like that and so it's fantastic like when I put out when I do episodes where I'll put like a questionnaire out to the community and I'll say I'll write in and oh my god the responses some of them have me cracking up laughing I'm in tears and some have me absolutely bawling and sadness and stuff but the vulnerability that people share when you give them permission to it's insane it's It's absolutely insane insane. and it's an honor to be able to to know that those people find that safe space in me and the community that's so interesting that you say that because I think I did a similar thing of like in the beginning I was really open and now for me it's two years and I talk I talk about myself still on the podcast but way less than I used to and I always have a guest I never do a solo episode anymore Uh, and I think I'm more nervous about being vulnerable as the podcast grows because I have I kind of do I don't know if you do this like I'll black out kind of what I said and people will be like oh you said blah 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 I'm like don't remember that yeah Yeah. (laughs) um, or I'll be editing and like huh like maybe I want to cut this out yeah yeah (laughs) like the I do think there is a lot of value in the vulnerability and giving others permission like because people will write in things Mm. of like they just want advice they just want someone to hear them how Mm. do you deal with like because sometimes they're very funny sometimes they're so touching but like being in the spaces a lot like how do you deal with like is it ever overwhelming to you to hear other people's stories and like what do you do to take care of yourself to allow yourself to continue to be vulnerable and help this community I think I think that's probably a massive thing that's that's played into maybe the lack of my vulnerability on the podcast and it's Mm -hmm. it's been a conversation I've had to have with myself quite recently of being like of not even just be like I'm not saying myself be more vulnerable Amber or get more listeners or whatever just be it's going back to your core values of why you started it. And mm-hmm. my core values was for it to be for me, for me mm-hmm. to share. And I've got mixed up in it and I need to bring it, Just you need to bring yourself back down and bring back down of who did you do this for? And what did you want to share? As much as it's fantastic to have guests and everything like that, what are you not sharing and that you feel like you need to? Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, me, because of where the community has grown, I love doing what I do and the people I get to connect to, but of course it's overwhelming. It's not a light topic that we're talking about. It's very heavy and very layered Mm -hmm. and very deep, deep topic that we're talking about. And when you do it at a daily level, every day, speaking to new people, taking it on, it's hard. And it's not, it's, it's hard to explain of it not being like a burden, but when you feel so deeply for other people and they, share with you something so deep it's so hard not to get emotional and not to think about those people and so I've received heartbreaking messages from people who just really some of them don't ever want to respond so I just say I just want to share it here I feel comfortable to share it here and I'll say it's absolutely fine but to read those it's like to know that there's somebody out there with that much pain in their heart Mm-hmm. heartbreaking it makes me cry it's heartbreaking to know that someone yeah. is roaming the world with that much sorrow in them and then and then for them with that sorrow to come onto my instagram and go she makes me feel safe and i'm gonna share it with her 
it's an honor it's an absolute honor but it's hard and it's hard to it's a blessing and a curse to feel so deeply like I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm not numb I'm glad that my grief has not numbed me and made me not feel anything yeah. but in the same time I wish I could just sometimes be like leave it there Amber but I can't I can't I I realize that I do have to put boundaries in place for myself and and between me and my community so I, I try and when I'm engaged when I open up engagement with my community I have to really check myself and be like yeah. are you ready for this because the response is always quite large and I think I can't just go and open a door and say yeah come in let's talk and then be like oh you know I'm not really feeling it actually and close it I have to, yeah, I can't, I can't, and, and I've done it, and I've done it, and I'll put my hands, but I've done it, I've put questionnaires out, I've put prompts out, because it's come to me, and I'll be like, oh, I should really talk about that, but I'm, I'm impulsive, I'll do it then and there, I should really be like, oh, that's a good something to talk about, but let's check in with you, Amber, are you ready to take on all of that, today, probably not, let's wait till tomorrow, maybe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so as much as, and this is one thing I think people in the grief space, and it's a hard conversation. And that's a conversation I would like to have even myself on the podcast of actually speaking to people, making an episode for the people in the grief space. That would be so interesting. I would because, listen to that. Yeah, yeah, because I think where we all do this work, and I'll be honest, I'll say it, maybe I think none of us want to let up and say that this is fucking hard. It is hard. I'll and say it. Say, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. <laughs> and to say that, as much as yes, I love supporting you and I love providing content. I love doing, I love speaking to you all. It's fucking hard work. Well, and it's emotionally draining. Like, do you ever have, like, it's one thing to get a letter from someone that you don't know. And like, it's an, it's an honor. And like, I have people reach out, like my platform is not as large as yours, but I do get letters and things from people. I would. It doesn't even matter about like, of numbers and that volume doesn't matter at all like of, of, of numbers i remember when i was like i say small i don't even see myself as fucking big to be honest um when i was numbers it just it matters about who you can have 100 followers but if you speak to those 100 followers personally that's a lot that's 100 but messages like <laughs> i've started like every once in a while now i get people who i know like peripherally like if mm. it's a close friend it's a different conversation but yeah. who will reach out and some people are just like oh can you share some resources i'm like that's fine yeah but i had someone reach out of like and it was a very like a young person who died and the way it happened was yeah. like very tragic Mm. um and it was this woman's goddaughter and she was like I just need to talk to someone and she starts just texting me like all of this stuff and like can I send you pictures of her and I was just like it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was like this is like oh oh, like this is it's weird because when you start a resource like this you don't realize that that's something that comes with it and so I'd be so interested to hear you talk about like how do you set boundaries when yeah. you're in this community I mean Brooke I'm still trying <laughs> I mean me too I'm like not doing a good job but like I just like will sometimes not answer the email and I'll leave it on read for a it's, week yeah it's hard and you have to, <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, no, honestly and, then, and Brooke there's no shame in that there's no shame in that it's hard when you have started out being so available and I think that's definitely where maybe no, I don't want to go as far as even saying slipped up 
during the pandemic where I had that time to dedicate to my community and I was on it all day every day I would sit here I'd sit out in the garden with a glass of wine doing lives I remember I did one week in May I think it was mental health awareness week last year it was in the back end of May I did a live every single day Wow. and I remember being I remember being exhausted from that and the mental health awareness week came around this year and I thought am I going to follow in the same pursuit and I thought fuck no I was like I'm not in the same I was like I'm not in the same position as I was that time last year and yeah. how I, how ironic would it be to be like oh I'm going to push through my mental you know I'm not feeling it and I'm going to do all this shit right um and so you do have to put in boundaries and I receive messages like that as well Brooke and as much as it is it is an honor to receive those for us to be able to deliver our best self as well and our best support mm-hmm. um we're checking with us too so if that does mean leaving it for a week a couple of days whatever it may, honestly trust me I have and it's not because I don't want to it's because I have to check in with me first and know I'm going to reply to this person or advise them of where to go but I need to be in the best place possible mm-hmm. and it's realizing that we're all we're all humans too and it's hard it's hard to put in the boundaries because you don't want to say no to these people because you know what it is like to be vulnerable and to mm-hmm. be reaching out in those times but I'm a big advocate for sort of like if I feel like I can't I for one I never give advice in my DMs I never ever give advice I never say go really? do this this and that because I feel like I can I'm, I'm not professional I, I I can't I can advise yeah. people if I've been through something similar like that or I can say if I was in your shoes or if, if I could depict myself in your shoes maybe this is what I would do but I would never concrete say go do xyz because what might work for me could be absolutely catastrophic for them and I'm not willing to have that on my head and I couldn't I couldn't live with myself if someone if someone if I someone you know for example a lot of people come to me and say about their friends and they say lips they say should I cut off my friends and I say, I can't tell you that answer. Yeah. And that's come and it's come from someone who did cut off their friends. But I can't say. I'm I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say to them, go and cut off your friends, because some I cut off my friends and it was a struggle. And I'm a I'm a very strong-willed person, but for me it was a struggle. But I look back now and I realize, yeah, it was probably the best decision for me. But not everybody is like me. And some people are more vulnerable and will rely. And I did rely on my friendship group for a while until I finally went, I've got to go. I've got to go. Mm-hmm. So how can I advise somebody not knowing anything about them other than the DM they've just sent me in pure... In a pure, paragraph, maybe. Pattern, even if that, some that's just sentence, just be, it'll be, just, help me. Help me. What do I do? What, how can I help? Yeah. Let me, let's speak a bit more. Let's get some dialogue. Let's see where I can point you to. You know, I have people reach out from all different types of the lost community. I'm not going to sit here and start preaching about baby loss. I could, I've educated myself and I know about it, but I know 20 other accounts who you will resonate more with and who do fantastic work. So I'm pushing you there. And that's not me just bouncing you and going, get out my DMs. I want you to get the best possible care and the mm-hmm. best possible community ever I mean I'm not yeah if you resonate with grief gang and sort of my, my overall speak on grief fantastic but I want you to go to somewhere where you really feel seen because that's what I didn't have and I want everybody who comes to me to find a place where they feel seen and they feel heard and if that's not with me 
trust me, I don't care. I'll pass you on to anybody. That's fine. Yeah. Well, and getting that feeling of feeling seen and heard when you are like your world is just like falling apart around you. Like it's so important. Um, and I think really like lovely of you to be almost aggregating the resources and the communities so you can share that easily with people. Have you had any, like, I know you said you're educating yourself on some of these other areas of loss. Have you had a desire at all to get more formalized education around any of this? Like professional. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's still something I battle with every day or not every day, but I generally think about career wise future. And I think, yeah. Where would I want to take it? So I'd love to do the podcast full time and stuff like that. But I think on an actual deeper level, I don't know. I don't even know what that looked like, even like in grief therapy, yeah, and stuff like that. But I know, and I know in my heart, I don't know if it's therapy. I think it's community. Mm-hmm. It's community work. I find my most what the, the fucking word fulfilling. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the word. That's where I find the most fulfilling of of bringing communities together and bringing people into a community Mm -hmm. so whatever that looks like I'm not sure it's still something I'm I'm in that bracket now I'm in that bracket of mid-20s where you're like what the fuck is my life it still happens in your 30s just (laughs) so something to look forward to (laughs) just so you know genuinely whether that's community work it's, it's something I'm definitely thinking about because I love grief work but and there's so many layers to grief other than just like death you know and that's something mm-hmm. I'm really, there's loss in in everything and that this last year has really made me think about that yeah totally you know, loss of loss of life we've all everybody has lost something this last year to, to COVID mm-hmm. we've lost ways of life jobs homes friendships there's so many different layers to the word actually loss and grief that deserves to be explored and deserves to have spaces so I think yeah future wise I know this is I know whatever it is there's always grief will always be kind of at the heart of what I do mm-hmm. but what that looks like I'm still trying to piece it together I'm not sure the therapy room is for me basically because I can't bother to go back to school <laughs> yeah well because people say to me they're like well you're an expert in this field and I'm like what yeah, like no yeah. I'm not like oh do people goodness. say that to you yeah. and you're like what is how does that sit with you it's so I'm like no I I'm go- just talking I'm just talking like <laughs> when, when I get asked to come on like really important things and things for like charities I'm like you do know I just sit in my bedroom and make a podcast <laughs> <laughs> You do know I just literally made that post while I was sat in the toilet. Is that all it takes to become an expert in something? Because Jesus. But I'll take it. I mean, I'll take it. But yeah, I always think there's something about, and I've had many conversations with one particular gentleman actually about sort of how it's, you should, support doesn't always have to be professional. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be via your general practice your doctor your therapist it can be in peer-to-peer support it can be through people who don't hold qualifications and I think what frightens people and what frightens the professionals to advise people of that is like duty of care and I get it to a degree of like you know therapist who has worked x amount of years in the field and gone to school 
they're not going to say, I can't help you. Go and follow this girl on Instagram who's done fuck all education, even if they know it actually could do them. So I say say that very loosely. I know that some therapists actually have done that. Like I've had a therapist reach out to me and said, I've recommended your podcast in the therapy room. Wow. so it's yeah so to know that i think okay right, i'm doing something right okay and so it's a fine line between when can professionals and unprofessionals start working together and with together. that giving yeah giving the best care to people when does the professional go this is beyond the clinical room and let's go to peer-to-peer and real people who've been through it and when does the unprofessional go i recognize that this is bigger than me and i need to advise you professionally yeah yeah well I really do think there is something to be said for the lived experience piece and that's what I've kind of gotten more comfortable with as like someone who's like a licensed therapist was like well you're an expert I was like you are though (laughs) (laughs) and but she was like no you and this is this woman Megan Jarvis and she has this podcast Reef is my side hustle and she was on an episode of mine a few weeks ago yeah but she is like, no, there is value in both. And to, as a griever, to understand how they work together. Like, I really loved your analogy of therapy is like dating because like I interviewed eight therapists before I picked the one I have and I'm obsessed with her. But I did phone interviews with eight. I went three in person and then I was like, she's the best one. Oh, so that's what I can't be bothered for. No, I mean, it was time consuming, but I was like, I need to do this in order to move forward for me. And it's been like invaluable. But I know that for other people, like therapy is just like not it. They haven't found the person. It's expensive, whatever it is. But for a lot of people, like I was like, I need to read every single book on grief. And then I was like, similar to you. I was like, they're not talking to me. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's, it's not it's not speaking to your soul. It's not speaking to you personally. And that's yeah. why when, like I have read books, some books that are like that, but I look at what it is. It's someone recounting their story, their life. Mm-hmm. And then with that, it's the integration of, that's where I think the best kind of education is of, you know, I, I, can, I could read a biography of somebody speaking about their life and their loss and I relate to it. But if I can read someone's, experience of someone that they had die and things they've learned along the way of it and piecing it together that is gold that is absolute gold and that's the way people learn I think you just we we all that's what we thrive with as humans is connection and relatability like like I don't we can't we can't all sit in the room and be like one person and one type of person is going to speak about this and we're all going to get it it just doesn't work like that it just doesn't I'd love to see it one day and I feel like it's getting there one especially with this last year with with the coronavirus and the way we look at death and dying loss the the services have all been inundated you know like us over in the UK the NHS I can Mm -hmm. only imagine that like the therapy and counseling list is probably it was long before COVID and it's now probably tripled so the resources now kind of have to go okay maybe we need to outsource maybe we need to start directing people elsewhere I had somebody in my dms not long ago and I spoke about this earlier on another call and I said they said to me they went to their gp the general practice and they started speaking about their grief and their mental health and how it's affecting their mental health and the gp said oh I'm not really equipped in bereavement help your gp your gp is like if you 
you know, it's how we've been conditioned to go to your GP first and speak to your GP about, you know, next steps forward of mental health care, whatever. And your, your first hurdle, you've been told, sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. You would go, well, fuck, fucking hell. Like, what do I do now? But if that GP knew, okay, I can't help you. And one, that's just piss poor anyway. But I know some people where you could maybe resonate to for the time being until maybe we find a better professional resource don't leave these people out high and dry tell them there's a podcast you can listen to or there's an instagram that you can engage with whilst you're on a wait list mm-hmm. no let's get you booked in to to see a therapist let's book you in for a counseling or a peer-to-peer support group but while you wait here's something in between that so that you can really maybe find out that language for when you do get to the therapy room or the counseling room what are you trying to express and what's going on up here? Mm-hmm. But it's leaving that high and dry. And that's how I felt. That's why when I went to the kind of therapy room, I kind of felt a little bit high and dry. And I thought, I don't like this. So I just thought I need to find the people who do. Right. So I want to go back to something you said that what was really valuable to you and what you were looking for in resources was, mm-hmm. okay, yes, thank you for sharing this experience, but what did you learn? So can you share with this audience some of the major things that you've learned? Oh, my God. I've learned. Oh, my God. Christ. Things I've learned about my grief. Like, yeah. My grief or like grief in general? Either. Like, but I think it's so important for those of us who have spent a lot of time in this space to be able to then, as you said, like, synthesize that information down into like a few top learnings of like either about yourself or about the grief, like whatever, wherever you want to take it, you know? Yeah. I think the one thing that's just really come to the forefront of my mind, the one thing I've learned specifically about grief, and it goes back into my grief, like I call it Hollywood grief. Hollywood grief is, is the grief that I have. Uh It's the grief of, I had the perfect mum she almost had not this perfect death, but we got to say goodbye. I was at her bedside. She lived a pretty good life. We had a fantastic relationship while she was living. In other words, a good, a good death, so to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I when I started the Instagram, I was kind of I look back to it now and I'd never delete anything because I don't think I've ever deleted a post. I don't delete anything because I like to see the change in how my how I express my grief so I go back to the bottom and I see it's quite fluffy it's quite Mm -hmm. fluffy and it's very Hollywood my mum was fucking amazing woo like I love my mum like you know and really like grief is oh I just really had this one-dimensional view of grief Mm. and then as time has gone on and as and another thing, another thing I realized with grief is that my relationship with my mum has continued. It hasn't died. And I mem- I'm now going through that. And there's been times when I've actually really disliked my mum because I think, oh my God, if you maybe instilled that in me, sort of like, I realized at one point, believe it or not, that I'm actually quite emotionally unavailable with close people in my life. And you'll find that mad for what I do. But I actually, not especially in my grief, but in kind of other things. And I kind of thought, I'm actually a bit emotionally unavailable. And then I kind of dug deep a little bit. So I kind of realised that was maybe a little bit to my mum. Like, it wasn't like when I would cry, she'd be like, oh, shut up. But it would be like, come on, you fix fix up, you fix yourself. 
and maybe sometimes I might have needed her to be a bit more gentle and go no let's lean into those feelings Mm -hmm. and so there's been times where I've been like yeah maybe I don't really like my mum at the moment and then times where I really love her and admire her but back to the Hollywood grief of I realized for so long that as especially as the community was growing that I'm pushing out a one-dimensional vision of what grief is Mm-hmm. And I began to meet and talk with people who didn't have Hollywood grief. They had quite shit grief of how either the way their person died, traumatic, traumatic circumstances, the way in which they died, their relationship with them when they died. They could have been not speaking, estranged, different things like that. And it's not actually, and sometimes actually people don't miss their loved ones when they die. They love them. But actually, sometimes they're happy they died because they could have been a really horrible person when they were alive. But yeah. there's different layers to it of, fuck, you're dead. And I kind of do miss you, but you were an absolute prick when you were alive. And the layers of that. And when I met people like that, I thought, oh, my God, this is not a ghost fire saying fantastic, but this is eye opening. Yeah. And it made me realize that not everybody's well, I knew that everybody's grief not everybody's grief is the same but how different there's how many different like categories or so to speak there are yeah and how that actually all of them deserve to be acknowledged and not be hidden away that's why with grief gang i made i made sort of like a pinnacle decision at the beginning of is this going to be a podcast just for mother loss because that's what i know mother loss or is it going to be for all types of losses and I went with all types of losses because I thought as much as I, I really I, I appreciate actually like the specific groups like the mother loss groups like the motherless pages like I really do I like those too but I thought there's something powerful in having a space where there are stories and input and episodes from people of all different losses uh, I've had people write reviews and whatever and say like that this loss on this episode was completely different to mine but I related to it on x y so many levels Mm -hmm. and I think that's what it's about that's exactly what is going to unite us together in this community of we're all different in this we might have lost somebody different but there's something that is going to pull us together and keep us together and let's hone in on that right and that's the thing about community ultimately is like this is grief is so isolating on so many levels so when you can kind of see a common thread in someone else's story Mm. it almost is like oh I'm gonna be okay you know exactly and that's something as well like you know there's there's so many losses that I still need to cover on the show and stuff like that but knowing that and you know until I get there that people still do resonate and still do feel something I'm like okay that's good like that's good like people the people who who have lost parents who resonate to baby loss episodes and baby loss shares that I said there's people who resonate with partner loss episodes who have lost who have siblings there's there's similarities and there's similarities and differences and there's 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 something really powerful in the indifferences. I look at some like my friends that I've created in the grief space and I was with them the other day and I was like, you've got a dead mum, you've got a dead dad, you've got a dead thing. And I'm like, we've all got different dead people, but we all still just connect. Yeah. And it was a really surreal moment. And I thought, fuck yeah, this is what community is about. That's definitely the Hollywood grief for me of recognising that 
not everybody's grief is fluffy. Grief mm-hmm. isn't really fluffy, but in terms of a Hollywood grief that not everybody got the good death, not everybody got the good life, got the good death and the good relationship. Mm-hmm. And they need to be recognised as well. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel really sad do. for people who don't... Not feel sad, that sounds like pitiful, but I sat there and I, I looked back to like my fluffy stage on the Instagram and I thought... I can imagine all the people who had come and maybe had a bit of a troublesome time with their loved one and thought, oh, well, this girl's mum died and my mum maybe wasn't very nice. Like, that makes me feel even more segregated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just never want want anyone to feel segregated, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, let's on that note. I think you're creating such a beautiful community and have created such a beautiful community. So I'm so grateful that hopefully some more people can hear about it and go check it out. But if you want to tell people where to find you online and thank you so much for this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You can find me on Instagram at the grief gang. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, but I am my most active on the Instagram. I'm, I cannot like multitask. <laughs> I need someone else to do that for me. Cause Jesus, you can listen to the grief gang podcast on all major streaming platforms by searching the grief gang. So available on things like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and I am now on YouTube now, actually. We started doing visuals finally. So if you're more of a visual person and like like to sit and watch YouTube, then yeah, you can watch the episodes there. But um, Brooke, thank you so much for asking me to be a guest. It's been absolutely wonderful to talk with you. And I feel like speak about things I don't think I've ever really like kind of spoken about, like the what it is like to be a grief person in the space and the actual realities of it so no thank you for holding that space for me yeah thank you so much that was really interesting conversation i'm glad we got to do that um and thank you again so thank you everyone for listening you can find us online at www.thegriefcoach.co and on social at the underscore grief coach talk to you soon thanks